Coming to you from my basement in beautiful Chicago, this is LesCast. I am your host, Amanda Costner. We are recapping Season 3, Episode 9 of the L Word Generation Q, Last Dance is the title. With me today is somebody who is followed by Rosie O'Donnell uh, on Twitter. Is it Twitter? It's Twitter, right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if it was Twitter or TikTok. Um, you both, know her. Both, both. Did you say both? Yeah, both, both, both. Oh, wow. That just dropped here. Wow. TikTok and Twitter. Oh, my God. Okay. You know her from her YouTube channel or maybe from her podcast, Drinks at Dana's. Make sure you keep a lookout for a very cool episode they're dropping this week with M. Weinstein, who directed a lot of the episodes this season, and Jill Maxey, the first assistant director over on Gen Q. Please welcome to the pod, Ash Silver. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. Um, What's it like to be best friends with Rosie O'Donnell? I mean, I don't want to betray her, her trust by <laughs> revealing any secrets. <laughs> I assume it's just a friendship and, you know. Yeah, I, I keep my, my uh, sources, you know, anonymous and protect them all. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, Ash, for an entire season, you have been my little L word psychic. Uh, of course, you have all the scoop on what's been going down. And now I get to have you here to recap this episode with me. Um, now for the like few people who aren't, make sure you're catching all of Ash's daily videos and her lives. Um, you learn so much from these videos and get so much insight. I I know that you're like, are you, do you consider yourself like what, a soft Tibeter? Is that accurate? Are you a hard Tibeter to better? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really, really love Ben Tina. Like that's always been the, the draw of the show to me, but I I think, I mean, I'm sure some people would probably say that this isn't true, but I do like to think I can think critically about <laughs> things. Who would say that? I'll fight them. <laughs> like, I, I realize that they are not perfect people nor a perfect couple. That doesn't exist. So I, I can recognize their flaws, let's say. But in in my heart of hearts, it's literally since I watched the episode, or since I watched the show, when I was 16, 17 with my first girlfriend, I didn't even know the L, like any other L word people. I was watching the show like in secret, like we really gravitated towards Ben and Tina. Like the second that they flashed on screen, I was like, oh my God, these people are like real. And I just really, really connected with them and it's it's i mean i love danny and Gigi and people like that too but if somebody put you know me on the spot it's it is about Valentina mostly for me but i love everybody else too you you telling me how much you love them made me think about all the people who hate them <laughs> <laughs> and i was wondering so i'm a little i'm um i'm mid on them i'm happy to see them come together but I'm not, I've, I haven't been, I'm not like Jennifer Beals, who's been like campaigning for them to end up together for like Lord knows how long. Um, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, let's see where this goes. Oh, great. They're ending up together. Great. You know, why do you think the people who hate them hate them? What is there to hate? Like, oh, the cheating? Everybody cheats on this show. 
I think as well, they do, you know, you talk to people who love it and they don't get enough attention. And then people who don't like them say they get too much attention. And this this is something that I I tell people in my real life, clients, people on, on YouTube, there is always going to be someone or more likely someone's that don't like you. There's just always going to be someone who looks at you, turns on your channel, whatever it is, and they're immediately, within one second, just going to say, oh, I don't like them. Like it's something in the wiring that you just don't connect or whatever it is. So I, I think there are some people that just probably are like, I don't like the way they say this word. I don't like the way they look or I don't like their behavior. But I think, I, I mean, I do have quite a few people on my channel who, and I, I really love this. And I love that they come to a channel that, that talks so much about Bet and Tina and even some of my patrons, they can't stand Bet and Tina. And that's normally where I get like a lot of the really good conversations because it's someone with an opposing view as opposed to just somebody going, oh yeah, I love them too. I love them too. <laughs> so I, I do enjoy like talking to people about all types of thoughts on the subject, but I do think some people are just like over the the breakup, makeup, breakup, makeup, breakup, makeup. Yeah, maybe they're just like sick of them. They're like, get me off this ride. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. are you kidding me? You broke them up again between in the off screen time between the reboot and the OG. And now, okay, you're going to, oh, you're going to get them back together again. Oh, no. Okay. So like, I can see maybe people being like over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Ash, nobody has ever stumbled upon my YouTube channel and been like, nope, not for me. <laughs> no, same, same. I mean, same. <laughs> I am universally loved. <laughs> um, when I watched your recap, you you had a lot of like, you know, valid critiques of the episode, uh, many of which I'm sure we'll discuss today. But overall, did you think it was a good episode? Yes, but <laughs> I do, I think now I'm just at the stage where when it's the Bet and Tina stuff, I'm just appreciating the time we have left and that they're together because I'm not going to go in and I, it, I actually really liked the proposal. Like I thought it was perfect for people that have been through all this mess and drama and things, which obviously we'll talk about like more, more later, but People like have this idea that we're going to turn on an episode and it's just going to be this two hour thing of, of Bet and Tina or two hours of Danny and Gigi or, you know, whomever you like. But I just am trying to go in with level expectations. And if I can sit there and watch the whole episode, not kind of look on the timer and see how long it's got left think about you know oh I like this bit I like that bit then then I'm happy because as well like I know that especially people like us that are going over the show so in depth and things that there's some things that I'll talk about like nitpicking things that other people are watching it like wouldn't even it wouldn't even register so for all the the little nitpicking and stuff like I do have to say when when they do good and and I thought it was a good episode especially considering like the last few episodes I really haven't connected with as much 
yeah, like when you found when you told um you you figured out that that clip Angie's watching is a Marja Lewis Ryan movie or whatever, that blew my mind. How did you do that? Oh my god. Actually, yeah, Chris, uh, who does drinks at Dana's with me, she also it's it's not actually in the movie. It's like I recognize the the actor, but Chris realized that they have actually taken like a scene and like changed the dialogue a little bit because she watched the movie then after we talked about it. So they've I, I don't know whether that was for like tweaking reasons for some sort of you know because you have to pay oh, right. to put that yeah. in there, but. It must. I'm sure Marsha gave gave herself a good deal. Because <laughs> How much do you think she paid herself for that? <laughs> you'll notice they didn't use real clips of Grey's Anatomy, so I don't <laughs> think that they can quite afford that. That stock zoom in on the hospital hallway. I think I've used that one a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let's jump into the episode. Um, speaking of Grey's, uh, like, uh, oh, did you like okay. the way they tied it in? Are you a Grey's Anatomy fan? Grace Anatomy and the L Word are the two only consistent things in my life. Like <laughs> loving those shows. That Grace Anatomy, the L Word and Grace Anatomy basically came out both the year I moved to America, and obviously I started. Well, not obviously. <laughs> I started dating my first girlfriend, and yeah, I still now the only the only thing that stays constant in my life is that I watch Grace Anatomy and the L Word. That's it everything wow. else <laughs> um just this is just for me personally have you have you seen any of the episodes with um the actor who plays alicia on sex lives of college girls who's now on the cast or is that not come out yet uh do you know who i'm talking about yeah 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 the blo- yeah i maybe she's not sh- they've not come out yet because i have seen every okay. episode several times <laughs> okay <laughs> Unless I'm not. I was just wondering how she was doing. Uh, Okay. I know we're supposed to be understanding that Finley's worried about Carrie because of the heart attack. But all I could think through this whole episode, every time they were on screen, was that Finley's homeless. Like, I would be kicking her out so fast. Why is she being so controlling and ridiculous? Yeah, I I don't know what, what they were kind of going for with that too because then at the end and it just it just was like a bit over the top maybe with Finley because like Finley's quite like a relaxed like not super control that's more like a Danny thing Mm. so maybe they're going through this sometimes when people get sober it's like they're able to to see things differently or you know tweak little bits of their personality and then maybe like the trauma of Carrie and because that was like big I, I think he didn't make a big enough deal about that like it's also something for Finley like somebody CPR on someone is real like I, I've that's happened to me twice in my life and it's it's something that you it, it's an adrenaline sorry, it's adrenaline high but it's also just a really one of those things that you can like kind of spiral over like what if you weren't there? What if this happened? Oh, you know, like a lot of the time you do really injure someone, like, you know, cracking their ribs or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think. They is that what happened have... to you when you did it twice? 
I mean, like a one person, like did it, it was like a, a smaller person, so it's cracked their rib. And they, there used to be this thing that people used to say, "Oh, you're you're not doing CPR right unless you crack their ribs," and that's that's not true. But oh yeah, I mean, it's I, I've done the Heimlich on someone too in a restaurant. Ash, <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, so you have weird stuff following me. <laughs> <laughs> wow i was gonna say i've only done it on like one of those little dolls i had to do a cpr class oh yeah i've done so many and and the thing is they've changed it like five times in the past like 10 years about mm -hmm. how many breaths and this and that i mean everybody should do cpr certification but yeah it is i was out during a cpr training what <laughs> yeah this was oh when my i was God, like, more trauma of... <laughs> right I was like kind of in the closet and um, it's, I just like, will always remember this moment of being at work and we're all in training and the guy, the trainer guy was like, um, okay, so put yourself in a, you're stressed out. You're in a stressed position. Do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, girlfriend. And then everybody was like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then my coworker told me after that, my boss took him into their office and they talked about how they didn't know I was gay because I looked straight passing. <laughs> this is a long time ago, folks. But uh, yeah, traumatic. Oh for me. my god, yeah. That oh, when you when you start work at a new place, and for the first few days, because weirdly in the UK, this I mean I've, I've worked all my life in America apart from the last few years, but in the UK they use straight people use the word partner, so it, it gets even more confusing. And when people be like, oh, so you have a partner? I'm like no. And then when you start getting into the area where <clears throat> and when you start getting into the area where you can't use pro, you know, you skirt around things and then it eventually you have to say, and then people are always like confused. I, I've, I've had, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I imagine too, because that was, you know, a long time ago for me. I, I do feel for my femme ladies in our community, especially, I think people assume if you're femme presenting, you're straight. And so, yeah. Uh. You story of my life literally uh, <laughs> and it's always no and I'm like well, I think I would know <laughs> <laughs> no they know Ash they'll yeah. tell you <laughs> I thought you had a husband I was like no <laughs> some mysterious husband uh, I liked that our reintroduction to Bet and Tina was them bursting into Angie's dorm room and they're like, surprise. <laughs> I, I Was this why Showtime didn't do any promotion for like the four or six episodes they weren't in? So they could just go, <laughs> surprise, in one, one episode. They do love to surprise us, Ash. So yeah, well. apparently. Um, now, I know that you, I, I have a feeling I've heard you talk about this before, that you're like, it's fine. You, I think you literally just said this a few minutes ago. Like, it doesn't have to be a two-hour Bentina movie. I gotta say, after a six-episode hiatus, I was expecting like the Bentina show. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a timider. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even like you know obsessed with Bentina. Or don't you think if you're like you've been waiting for this? Do you? But you are, and you weren't disappointed. I mean, I there's always that thing that I'm like, oh, they didn't have a ton of screen time. And that was the number one complaint I definitely saw from people. And also, what kills me even more is that this episode was 46 minutes. They could have done it. 
they could have done it. They they could have even just done more scenes at those two places. And I understand they're on very tight budget constraints, but also they cut stuff from this episode with them because it, I mean I know that they've cut stuff because of stuff that. I saw when I was there and also that people have told me, but you can even see, you know, the pictures that they release like a, a week or two before the episodes, there's pictures of them like this one, like standing up and like bets leaning really close to Tina. We didn't see any of that. So what, like just why are you cutting it out of an episode that you, you Showtime have so much control. You don't have to allow, you know, X amount of minutes for ads and that just really annoys me because it's just mm. for no reason. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, was it a Jennifer Beals Laurel Holloman thing? Like they actually only had an even more limited amount of time with them than we know. But you're saying I no, mean, it's like they made terrible yeah. editing decisions. <laughs> yeah, because they're cutting they're cutting out the time and and also the way that the L word films, they film like four scenes per day, usually. And the majority of the scenes were at, you know, the soundstage for the, at the inside Angie's dorm. And the, they went on location for the rest of the stuff for like the theater or auditorium. And when we're outside and then the Frosty's freezer, they were at this place. That's uh, a real place on Fletcher drive. And it just, it just makes no sense because they, they would have been at all these places with way more time. So like, it's not like Laurel or which is whose time is probably restrained the most. Like she's going in and saying, I have a day and the way that they, they schedule and stuff is all done really, really well. So it's just crazy that we know that they have the time, they have the amount of budget shots whatever it is because they've shot it and then they've just taken it out of the episode for no reason um you mentioned frosties being a real place for me part of the like slight disappointment was like oh okay we see them they're like they're eating burgers you know tina's like oh do you miss la uh not really you know like um and okay where was the action? And the action is there. It's literally we see an engagement later on in the episode. Um, but um, otherwise, they're almost like side characters when it comes to the worst plot line of the season, the Angie and Professor plot line. And I get it. That's their daughter that, you know, they have to have some sort of resolution with them involved. But um, yeah, that was like half of their screen time in the episode was like them dealing with the Professor Angie stuff. Yeah, and I do I don't know how how much other people will agree with this or not or even if this is actually intended because this could just be in my head canon because I have had my heart broken many a times the past seasons where I've been like this is the reason they're doing this and then really they haven't even watched the original and they have no idea about these connections. <laughs> They're just coincidental. So it, the thing that annoys me the most is like the absolute disregard. Sometimes they show to the original because that is the whole point. Like, why wouldn't you just start a new show then? And they should be 
pulling threads from that series. But anyway, the the point I'm trying to make is I I think that Tina's like absolute explosion over that and Bet's kind of calm is related to maybe things that Tina has disclosed about like her past in the bloody interrogation tapes and things. So that would have been interesting because we knew in the by the end of the original that Tina hadn't told this to Bet. So maybe this is something that came up in their therapy with the being in Canada and they're in this good place and all this stuff. Like maybe you could have used a scene or two to explore that instead of, I feel like now they're just going along the lines of, okay, stop asking for it. We've brought them back for two, two episodes. We're giving you a proposal and everything that's going to happen in the finale. And then we're done because I have been told for a fact that this would not be happening unless people were so vocal about it because there's, there's such engagement via social media for the show. So they don't, it sounds like Marjorie Lewis Ryan or whoever at Showtime, like they didn't want to do the wedding, but like they're just doing it because of the fans like want asking for it. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow, it's like we took them hostage and we've, we're like, you give us what we. <laughs> well, Showtime, I, th- I think people also don't realize how much of a role Showtime plays in this because they are the money behind this. They see, like, they will tell them we want this idea, this, this, blah, blah, blah. They'll go away and write the episode, but Showtime okays everything like they will okay the script they will get the dailies which are like the little shots that they'll shoot on that day they send them over and they will okay every edit every like they won't let the episode air until it's been through like several rounds of them saying yes this is what we want is that how every big like a network show works usually yeah it's i mean so in the case of the original where they in the beginning with Eileen when they gave her season one, they obviously were like, Ooh, we don't know if this is going to work. So she had very little control because they even staffed her writer's room with like a lot of people they wanted in there. Like there was male writers in, in season one <laughs> and th- she had really strong supports like Guinevere Turner and, you know, the roses and all that. But then when it proved to be successful, she got a little bit more control in season two and really with season three, they kind of were like, okay, go for it. You know what you're doing. And that I, I think most people agree that's when some, you know, wild decisions were being <laughs> made. <laughs> so that was more com- completely under control. But someone who is not only new to a showrunner, job, but new to writing for television as a whole, like Showtime are the ones pulling a lot of the strings. So maybe they need some of the blame. It's not just Marshall Lewis, Ryan and the writers. It's like, maybe I wonder if like, but then also there's to me, like when I, not to constantly bring up sex lives of college girls, but that show is so well put together in my opinion, where everything's cohesive and I'm interested in everything. Um, You know, uh, it's, it's more real. It's more ground. I was talking to my wife yesterday and I was like, I think a lot of the, I was, I was, we were talking about how like, at first, when Dre popped up, I was like, okay, this could be a fun new character. But really, now my wife and I were like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't know anybody who really cares that who's like really that invested. 
And I was thinking about how like, oh, when new relationships pop up on the sex lives of college girls, I am invested whether I like them, I don't like them. I'm not like, meh, like that's the worst thing. You know, if you're Showtime, you don't want your viewers being like, meh, I don't care about this. And that's exactly how I feel about Danny and Dre. Um, so oh, how is yeah. it working? How is that process working to the sex lives benefit and not to the L words benefit? Yeah, it's, I I do totally agree with you about the, the sex lives of college girls too. And I, I originally started watching that show because I love Mindy Kaling, but it's really well put together, everything like that. But I, I've talked about this with, with a lot of people and I would say that it ultimately comes down a lot of the time too to the casting of people. You you have those those people that just they're stars like Leisha Haley, Jennifer Beals, even Seppi, like they stand out on screen. So you ha- that's like a really important factor. And then you also have just the character development and who they are. Like if you if you went up to, I don't know, a hundred L-word fans and you had them write down after only seeing one season what they know about L-word characters, what they know about Gen Q characters, or you just pulled a hundred lesbians who'd never seen the show and you showed one group the L-word and one group Gen Q, like what can you say about the Gen Q people? Like you know very little or it's very you know, oh, Danny is rich or something like that. But when you watch the original, like everybody is so rich and you like not rich, rich, like rich Rich in in personality. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they have like, even in the pilot, you learn so much about Bettentino, where they're at, how their relationship is, who they are, what they do. Alice, Shane, Dana's this famous tennis player that's in the closet there's just so much to grab onto and then you have that and then package it with these great actors who have like wazoos of charisma and you just don't get that on on gen q with the exception of Gigi, basically yeah who isn't on the show anymore they metaphorically killed her off yeah and they're there's an interview coming out next week with my friend Jess where there's a little bit of discussion on Gigi and <laughs> just keep keep digging. Keep digging themselves. <laughs> um, since you brought up Jess, I have to say, as soon as Bet walked in to Angie's dorm room, the first thought that came to my mind was, oh, Jess, oh, Jess is going to lose it. They straightened <laughs> Bet's hair. She's going to lose it. <laughs> But she's right. Beth's hair does look better when it's not straightened to me. Yeah. It looks like next week we're getting getting good hair. Okay. So hopefully so. <laughs> okay. Uh, back at Shane's place, Tess is like, number one, no, I don't want to go to couples therapy. Number two, I have to go meet the towel guy at the bar expansion site. Is that what she says? Towel guy? Tile. 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 Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it was my bad. Towel. Um. <laughs> Okay, that uh, did the cheating, our relationship hanging by a thread thing, not throw like any sort of a wrench into the plans for the second bar. How is she just going on like nothing happened? I'm like, who opens a bar next to a bar? <laughs> like your own bar next to a bar. 
And a lesbian bar too, like so, so specific. It's insanity. <laughs> it's insanity. Like it's these things that that it's the devils in the details. The stuff with the OG being ignored, the fucking timeline, like all that stuff. It's just, it's so fixable. It, I could send my cat in and she'd be <laughs> on it. Like, Miss G. She's, she's learned so well these past three years listening. <laughs> she's ready for the challenge. Send her in. No, honestly, send your cat in with like a little <laughs> note on her collar that says like, oh, make it a music venue. Make, make, literally have anything that would work anything. in congruent with an already established lesbian bar. <sighs> Yeah, and the Tess, I don't know. Tess and Shane, too. Shane is like a super observant person. And I thought there were several points in this episode where she was going to say, I know you've been drinking. But it's just like, in La La Land, no, <laughs> nothing. Well, I will say, Devil's Advocate, and I learned this via your podcast, Drinks at Dana's. Um, I think Chris was the one who mentioned that she like dated somebody and didn't know the whole yeah. time that they were an alcoholic. Um, I'm the same way, but I was friends with somebody once who it wasn't alcohol. It was cannabis, but her partner didn't, <laughs> didn't want her to do. And she once told me, she's like, Oh, here's what you gotta do. She's like, Oh, you gotta take some stuff, wipe your upper lip, get in the nostrils, get behind your ears, do a whole spray around. And then lastly with the mouth, like she had this whole routine. I think that people can become pretty good. Now, Tess is not, yeah, we're not yeah. seeing her do the routine. We're seeing her chug and go. And so I agree with you. I actually think, you know, maybe cause like white wine doesn't i think smell so maybe if she's drinking white wine or something or straight up vodka i don't know see i i i do honestly and like I, i've been across the the board lots of experience and i i think that's true like people can become very very and people you would never in a million years think have have an abuse problem or something like that but yeah, we're we're not being shown that. Like, no, I I know a lot of people who are addicts. I've never seen anyone use mouth spray because you know what TV tells us: people who use mouth spray are covering Alcoholics. up something like that. Yeah, like it's not something that like I would never. I I would chew gum if I was mm. in my car or you know going to a meeting or something. That's a normal sort of thing to do, but who like mouth spray? Like it's not <laughs> like 1986 anymore. Yeah, do they even sell mouth spray anymore? <laughs> My dad has it sometimes, and I'm like, where did you get this from? He's like, the airport. So, <laughs> dads, they still have stuff from the 80s, you know. Like they just never throw stuff away. So I don't know, and and just yeah, the the things that she's doing and. The behavior like it's uh, it's like Finley last season where it was you do not need to be pissing in someone's apartment to be <laughs> an addict like people are very I think it would have been actually more powerful if they had Tess all season behaving completely the way she was and then they revealed that she'd actually been drinking so like the audience yeah. would have been yeah, that would have been really interesting. Well, speaking of really in potential interesting things, like I think this show struggles, which is crazy, but outside of um, cheating, I don't think this show knows how to make things interesting. I, I, I do think the show struggles. 
And and one thing I will say, devil's advocate again, is that at least this was like, I was cracking up at the end of the episode when we're getting the music and Tess is like, la, 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 just like doing her own thing. I was like, okay, Tess, go on. Like you, you know, it's not you being horrible and vile and like nonsensically mean or harsh it's like kind of funny it's dark humor albeit very dark but it's like a, i was like okay <laughs> oh yeah and, and the thing oh i i mean i'm not gonna say my only problem because i have so many problems <laughs> one of my biggest gripes with the test character is jamie clayton is so fucking awesome like she is so great and why would you not tap into that personality a bit when when you really I mean like I don't think when they wrote Tess they planned on having her as like a regular by season three. I think she was supposed to just serve you this can purpose tell. of yeah <laughs> being a, working in the bar. But why not flesh her character out a little bit with Jamie's personality like that's that's one of the perks of television that you know the actor that's playing them you it's the same person coming back week after week it's the same person like the way Jennifer Beals and Laura Holloman have kind of created the characters along with the storytellers and like I do believe there really is a very thin line between Bette Porter and Jennifer Beals now. And that, <laughs> that line is, is lesbianism. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I know what that line is. Uh, um, yeah. How, uh, how many times can we all say, I think that there's a, like people who come, came into this as Jamie Clayton fans. I'm one of them. And how can you not be disappointed if you're a Jamie Clayton fan with yeah. them? Like you said, they they haven't flushed her out. It's been, you know, the alcoholic and she's like kind of there almost as a prop for Shane, which a terrible because Shane's not even doing anything either. So it's, it's, um, yeah. I think the, one of the problems too is that they when they're making this show like they exist in this in this bubble and you know i have people that that talk to me that work on it and stuff but that's only like one person's point of view telling me this this is what happens blah, 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 conveying very much like matter of fact what's happening but they described to me when i was there that tess's character this season it's a super interesting story. It's a super interesting season for Tess and her character and things. So sometimes I think, are they just lo lost in the source of the whole thing? Like, are they not really thinking about it critically or, I mean, because as well, like whenever we actually see it, it's months down the road and they're thinking about the season as a whole also. They're not look at our critique of episode seven say they're they're thinking oh well they'll be okay when they get to episode nine and ten because sometimes they think like last season most people remember about last season the bentina cliffhanger so i think they try and like erase or like forgive some of like, the past mistakes by like making up for it in these episodes because you'll hear them a lot in interviews say Oh, I wish, you know, if if you've seen up to episode five, they'll be like, oh, wait till you see this or wait till you see, or whenever you get to episode nine or 10, it'll, and it, I don't know, it needs to be 
it's chapters of a book, not like <laughs> right. It needs to all make sense yeah. <laughs> together, and that that is one of like my top three issues all together is the lack of like narrative overall for a season and as a show that it just if you looked at the three seasons and and watched them all the way through someone who'd never seen the show and didn't get any outside like studio presence and critiques I think they'd be very confused or if they watched episode one and episode even this episode they'd be like what the hell is going on Okay, interesting. Wow, you so I'm I'm kind of soaking in what you just said there. And by the way, listeners, you know, Ash, you famously got to visit the set this season and so you have given us a lot of um sort of behind the scenes looks at what's going on. It's interesting that yeah, it seems like they some of the writers or people involved were really thinking like the fans are going to be like, oh, yeah, like redemption. What a comeback for some of these characters like Tess. And we haven't um, at all. So that's interesting to know. I always wonder, like, do they know how what the fan reaction is? Do people working on the show realize like some of the fans are really harsh about Marjorie Lewis Ryan, like on Twitter, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's always going to be like extremists on on like either side and I would ne- I don't think it's ever right to attack people like personally I just don't like it's it's not one person making all these decisions too like a lot of it is a collaborative thing and you just don't know who who made this decision who made that and again like the network makes a lot of those decisions it's their money but I I do know that because I, I have asked them pretty much all of them who a lot of people who work on the show anyway that how involved do you get and I know that they do read Instagram comments like they get a lot of direct messages and they they are aware more so like the writers and stuff but it's I I also think that maybe that that's a probably a bad thing because because it's more critique than praise that I think that sometimes that might drive some of their decisions whereas if you're it's even on the tiniest of scales like even like us if you tried to take any negative comment and tweak or twist or not do whatever they're saying you'd never be mm-hmm. you'd never make another video again like right. you you just and if you start doing that then what's the point because it's not you it's not your thoughts like that's especially youtube the whole thing that people like <laughs> is the absolute raw personality like your actual real thoughts because if you if you want to know some professional take or something then there's people that get paid to talk about this show or other shows or you know write about it where they're getting a big salary and stuff so and and of course all those people are saying these things where money's involved or where you know they know they can get a job with this person if they say this or that or but and it's all about connect you you wouldn't be referring to like a podcast that is connected to the network would you <laughs> I, I mean okay i don't, I don't want to put you in the hot seat when you said that though it reminded me of how one time somebody commented on my youtube channel um 
it's really annoying every time you talk. Um, just like I just want to see the clips. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, oh, yeah, I got those. Watch ones. the show. Just watch the show. <laughs> I got I I got one like two weeks ago, and they literally said, "You talk too much." <laughs> I just want to see the clip, and I was like, "Go watch that fucking show." Then <laughs> they're like, "Can't you be my Showtime subscription?" I know, please. I don't. Oh, if you're, that if you're, and it's so hard not to say anything but <laughs> i know oh my god yeah don't yeah every once in a while i'll like be a total b-word back and then i'll show my wife and she'll be like delete delete that amanda you can't say that <laughs> okay <laughs> <Delete> it immediately <laughs> um let's see uh, carrie and misty they are discussing more in this episode how they haven't gotten it on um now, for speaking of my wife, she was like kind of into them exploring um, post heart attack Carrie. Um, which I could see, I could see. But for me, I actually, I was like, meh. I would have rather seen Misty and Carrie's first date than have us fast forward to explore the aftermath of a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Because this is, it, it, it's like the whole thing with Bet when she was running for mayor. Like, this isn't Grey's Anatomy. This isn't like some West Wing show. Like, we're, like, honestly, most of us are here for the women loving women, like friendship stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that is what the show is because there's a million great, like, literally a, a million episodes of Grey's Anatomy to go watch. Grey's Anatomy and all these things and I know it, it would be like a different angle because it's it is two women in a relationship and that whole thing but yeah I I just wish they would come back to that like you know this episode they had Bet and Tina back probably in the second to last episode they're ever gonna do and okay Shane was there but like where was Alice a lot again ostracized not doing anything collaborative in any way it wasn't like alice was having her end of season show and she had to be there because it probably would have made more sense that i don't know when their friend of 30 nearly years is being canceled that they be with their friend like are they all just yeah so i have Mixed feelings because I actually loved Alice's plotline this episode. Her and an evil Knievel uniform rolling around on a mini motorcycle just gave me life. I I loved her meltdown. I was there for it. I know it was like a very fast Alice to Ellen, you know, like it, all of a sudden, I like, oh, like yeah. Um, but you're totally right. Also, though, and and so I'm thinking it's more of this like. I'm just assuming now, like, it was logistics. They couldn't get all of the OGs together. They could only get Shane and them watching Angie's performance. But maybe that I'm giving them too much credit, and it was actually they just chose to not have them go to Alice and spend time with Alice, which is, I agree with you, like, not the strongest choice. Because, uh, yeah, I hear a, a lot of people say, like, oh, COVID, COVID's done. Like, they when, when I was there, like, yeah, you had to wear a mask on set, but... They, they've got this down to like a fine R and all of these people, they're in what's called first position. So when you have like a, a contract as someone who works in like television, your, your show, like their, their main 
breadwinning show is the L word. So they basically in their contract say, I agree that the L word generation Q is my first position. So even if they get like, I don't know, some crazy, crazy, like part in a movie, some huge movie, the L word generation Q takes precedent over everything else. So you're going to see, I bet you soon, they're going to be pushing this angle that, oh, Seppi, you know, wants to go and, and have this other career or, or she got this other job or something. Uh, it They're all in first position to be in the show, especially the Seppi, Ari, all of them that were new. Absolutely. And that's why they're in complete control of what everybody's doing. Like what, the only person I would say is the exception to that is is Laurel Holloman because she's not like a series regular and yeah she just came back like as a favor to Jennifer Beals right that's what she, yeah she does have a she does have a con because last literally just before they started filming season two she signed like a multi deal that's why she's like the and Laurel Holloman at the end because you know okay. she's they're like legacies in the L, you know, she went on another show. She went on Grey's Anatomy. She wouldn't be Anne Laurel and it's because she's like a legacy within this show. Interesting. Okay. So, okay, a couple of things I got from that. Seppi leaving was like such a botch. Um, you know, she obviously should have originally, they should have done everything they could to keep her. I don't know. But also I got that like, no, they're making all these decisions. They totally could have had all four of the OGs get together and they just didn't. Yeah, I mean that that that's my opinion on my own stuff that I know about how these things work. And so from what people tell me, am I the one making the decisions there on set? No, I don't, but that's the the best thing that I can come up with. Okay. Uh, so uh, what I know I don't want to talk about them too much, but I do wonder. We we get a quick scene of like. <laughs> Dre being a singer songwriter. I thought this was a little dated. I was like, would somebody at Dre's age be writing in a notebook? Like, I don't know. Um, are we discounting people in the L word audience though? Do you think there are people out there who love Dre and are really into Danny and Dre? This is, I asked myself this question about a lot of characters. <laughs> and, because as well, like, I think it just depends okay as l word the entire amount of people that watch the show i think there's probably there are definitely some yeah a small amount probably it's it's kind of that line between people who just watch the show or people who watch the show and consume like social media around the show so i i do think there are some but i i don't think it's a anything large percentage wise and i just anytime i see them it just makes me angry <laughs> just, <laughs> i just think this is what we gave up danny and Gigi for like are you kidding yeah. me <laughs> for me i feel like it's the symptom of the pro of everything which is like this their mo we don't know enough about dre and suddenly they're like this big i mean obviously this episode portrays in my opinion that danny actually doesn't see dre as the big love of her life i i don't know um but yeah i do think it would help if it was I, it does feel very like shoved in 
Um, some people online were saying it makes no sense that Sophie and Danny were fighting over Dre. They should have been fighting over like Kalani if Kalani was playing that role. Yeah. Um, you know, but Dre, like it's not as believable. I think the character has some some issues. Yes, 100%. I don't even feel like any any connect like you needed you needed someone like uh, someone with Gigi's like charisma or something to to be that part and I, I just also think with the Danny and Sophie thing all this episode proved is that it doesn't matter how talented skilled how much work you put in like what you're doing all it matters is who you've slept with because that's how <laughs> Drag on TV. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh my god. Oh, Bravo, wow. Elwood. Bravo. <laughs> oh, just what wow. we need. The what a lesson to need. learn. Wow. <laughs> See, when they decided to put Dre on, I was thinking, oh yeah, if I'm Sophie, yeah, it's like we got a karaoke machine back there. That's where Dre was discovered <laughs> on the karaoke stage. Let's do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was, and then they really, um, with the, the music, it was like a ballad that Dre was singing and they were playing some scenes underneath it. Um, but yeah, the charisma is missing, I think. And like, what was the rest of the show? Like, it's the Alice show. <laughs> Can I just tell you, I was so confused the whole episode when Sophie was like, I'm going to save the show. They don't explain. They just say um, that, uh, uh, oh, my God, I'm losing my mind. Um, who's the host that comes in? Uh, Cho, Margaret uh, Cho. Margaret Cho, yeah. They just say, oh, Margaret Cho's going to host. But I was thinking that Margaret Cho was going to host in the way that Margaret Cho hosted earlier in the season. And so I didn't automatically know that Alice was no longer in the show. And and so when she's at her home looking for Piddles Jr. and they're still going on with the show, I'm like, this is so unrealistic. How is she going to get through traffic to get back to the show in 45 minutes? <laughs> I was confused the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I think... You can't save that in 45 minutes if you're like if you're actually Sophie and you have a live show. Um and, and you have I I think you can get last minute guests, but if your whole host is canceled, how do you bring I don't know, maybe do you think that's possible? Oh no, no. In LA too? No, absolutely no way. Like <laughs> even just like traffic and like oh, these like sets, people have like totally unrealistic. It's not like you or me where we literally like turn it. I mean, I know that it's completely different to, to television. Like we're turning, I'm turning a ring light on, turning the mic on and turning the camera on and talking and literally putting the chip in my own computer, uploading it, editing, it's done. Like I can do it in one, you know, a few hours like I do with the episodes. But they literally have people on set who you that Alice that Alice sign that's lit up like the bisexual sign okay so when I was there uh Jamie Clayton was like oh you should take a picture by this sign like it looks really cool da da da, da. and while we because we were sitting on the, the Alice stage in the chairs that Alice sits in for the interview and so in the time that we got up from the chairs walked down the stairs and walked down the middle of the aisle they turned the light off 
And it was like a 10 minute wait to go and find the one person who can turn this light on because other people aren't allowed to touch the light. And it, it, it's a whole thing. Like it, it's really, so there'll be someone like camera people or lighting or something, miking people up and go, like they'll have gone through run through, like it's a whole palaver. It's not like, oh, we got 10 minutes. Get up there. Like <laughs> we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's what I was thinking, but I wasn't totally sure. Uh, that's awesome, though, that they, they that Jamie Clayton was like escorting you around, and you get to <laughs> they they did the sign for you and everything. That sounds really fun. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the episode was Alice, Danny, and Sophie, and they bring back. You mentioned threads. The one thing they do do this episode is they bring back an OG plot line of um you know Alice what's was it season six right or no uh season, season five. Oh it's five. season five okay Dar uh Daryl oh man Brewer yeah Daryl Brewer um in season five she she and you actually replay this in, in some of your uh, reviews of the episode you found the clip uh, from the original show and and I like completely for basically forgot about this but she she he's an a famous athlete and in the original show he says a bunch of terrible things homophobic things and she like purposefully puts a clip out and outs him is that's like the gist right yeah um because his team his teammate had come out and he was like and it it sometimes you forget because like I remember that scene in my head, but they're like just all blatantly using like the F slur and stuff, and I was like, oh gosh, like I just forgot about how. Yeah, that's anti-gay F word now is what we say, yeah. <laughs> according to what was that, Danny or Sophie? Um, but I liked this scene because they brought back an OG thing and it felt real. It was real, and uh, as you mentioned. It felt realistic. This happens all the time with celebrities. Almost every day, some celebrity has had like old stuff from back in the day, you know, brought back up. And it's like, oh, my God, how did nobody notice this? Wow. Yeah. Um, so it felt really grounded. I was, I was like really interested in these scenes. And also I loved I love scenes where you see both sides. And I totally identified with Sophie and Danny when Alice was like, you don't know what it was like back then. And they're kind of like looking at each other like, you can't say the F word anymore. I totally identify with Alice when she's like, you don't know what it was like back then. Yeah, because me I too. Think it me probably too. was, it, it absolutely was more horrific. I mean, literally from a legal standpoint, you know, things were different. Um, so I just thought it was like a really fun scene. Yeah. And I, I thought it was really great that they, that it was Leisha Haley too, because she was the one, like she was the only one that was out. And that was like the line that they trotted out any time. Cause like there was always like rumors and things about, and people, you know, people want to drop dive into private lives all the time, which I'm not about that. But whenever they, they would get anybody asking questions, they would always just be like, Alicia Haley is the only out member of the cast. And that's why they have that like Les girls joke in, in season five. But yeah, I I totally absolutely. I do sometimes I do feel that way when people act like you know people that are a lot younger they they always just think like oh yeah okay it was a little bit harder because gay marriage wasn't legal or something. It's like is to grow up in that environment where 
literally like all I was thinking about this this morning for some reason like people just used to use like a lesbian or whatever gay as like a horrible bullying mm-hmm. that nothing nothing to do with like they would never say it to you but if it was or to me but like if it was somebody it was just the environment that it was like this is the worst thing you can be so that's what we're yeah, gonna call I heard people. she was a lesbian that's like yeah, a yeah, thing. yeah that yeah. was a thing yeah oh yeah um, so for people like me listening who I wasn't watching the show while it aired, I came out late in life and I discovered the L word later on. Um, so that actually surprises me. I had no idea that only Leisha Haley was out out of everybody. Oh, yeah. in the cast. So probably I think it was about the first three seasons. It was only Leisha Haley. And then I remember Laura Holloman talked about being bisexual and there's there's an interview and I, I'm sure like they feel awful about this now but Leisha was basically like you can't be a bisexual <laughs> because yeah it was like oh I, I I yeah I I think it was because it was when maybe it's that that's like too into their their private thing but I think it was around the time like there was a wedding or something and somebody got married and, and Alicia said something like that. But obviously, again, like it, it was she, she would never say that today. Obviously, it's it's different. And then there was an advocate article around season three or four where Jennifer Beals actually outed Kate Manning oh in, my the, God. in the article. <laughs> on purpose or no no accidentally oh, okay. she she was saying something like, like they were asking her the the one question that they always just used to ask the l word cast like whatever any straight media or any mainstream media they'd be like oh do, like what's it like to kiss the women and it's uh, for God's sake. <laughs> and they, they said something like oh how do you feel about like the sex scenes or how do you know what to do or something and she was saying oh, well, they get us like coaches, but if there's anything I'm ever unsure of, you know, I'll go to like Leisha or like Rose Troche or Eileen or Kate. And then <laughs> Advocate was like, bingo. And uh, yeah, they ran it. So <sighs> to be fair, I feel like a lot of people knew about Kate Minnick, but it was no, like an open, okay. yeah, like an open <laughs> secret. But uh, yeah, that was not okay to out people, obviously. Uh, even today, um, not not okay back of the poetry reading we get some sweet shane bet tina minus alice time um bella calls shane the hot aunt to her face and for a split second after i don't know if you notice this but for like a half second after she does that shane's face lights up like a christmas tree <laughs> like i still got it <laughs> We get the big spark moment from last week's trailer. Tina stands up at the poetry reading uh, when Shane reveals to them Angie's professor that they're watching right now is also her ex or her whatever. And Tina yells, hey, get away from my daughter. (laughs) Just kind of unexpected since you usually think of Bet as the fiery one. You noted, though, that this probably has a lot to do with their own personal journeys where, um, you know... uh, Bet, this is another thing the show could have explored. Bet, you know, Bet has her her tryst with Nadia herself. Yes. <laughs> uh, so she's quite quiet when they're all. She's like, "Oh, let's not be crazy here." Tina wants the guy murdered. Like, 
put him yeah. on death. Like she's like, arrest him, call the police. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, when they're outside, there's like this when Angie's like calling them hypocrites. There's like this look between like Vet and Tina, and I was like, there's so many people that look could be about. Yep, yep, so many people. As you said, the entirety of the original L word. Um, you noted, you also noted Angie yelling at Shane in your review, and I thought the exact same thing. When Angie like snaps at Shane, asking yeah. uh, for asking why, you know, Angie, why didn't you tell me? And um, that threw me off it, totally. Yeah. I didn't think it really like, lined up with the way we've seen their relationship because I that I did last week. I was like, why didn't she tell Shane it was the professor? It it didn't make sense. Uh, but maybe I, I was strange. like, you know how sometimes people are when like if you've got like a little kid who's angry, they'll just like yell and throw and punch anyone. Yeah. Um. Not that Angie's a little kid, but sometimes maybe she just couldn't control. Like she was just angry at the situation. Yeah. Um, what are those giant glasses on bet? Are are those hot or not? I can't decide. Oh my god. Well, if she had like a paper bag on, I'd I'd be I'd be good <laughs> with it. <laughs> so anything Bet Porter wears, you're like, that's hot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought hot. it was a little it, it stood out a little. I was like, oh. Anyone else would look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are there lenses in those or are they just the frames? If they're just like so chunky. Yeah, I think because she she wears glasses quite a lot, so I think she has like a ton of pairs. Uh, okay, all right. So they're uh, they're hot for you because it seems when she when she looks far away that she has to wear them. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Uh, probably my favorite line of the show is when Alice gets home right before she realizes Piddles Junior is missing, uh, and and she. <laughs> And she has this line where she's like, um, oh, God, not podcasting again. Podcasting. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, what is so bad about podcasting for Alice? It's not she, she, she needs the big stage lights now. She can't go back. Yeah. She needs to have her face recognized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she can't be a faceless lesbian celebrity anymore now that she's, yeah. you know, had the she's new... got a taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we kind of skipped over her meltdown. I do have to play this. I did clip one clip because I just, it, as I said already, it just, I'm just going to play this one really quick. trying to give a voice to all the queers. And they turn on me. <laughs> have you ever felt uh i loved that line of just trying to give a voice to all the queers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you do you ever feel like that like i just try to give a voice to the gays you did oh yeah oh my god all the time and then when someone's like stop talking just play the clips <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I love it. Have you ever been in um a part of a conversation where people start making fun of like YouTubers or podcasters? Because I have. Oh well, now that now that I've I've been doing it a little while, like some of my friends will literally be like, "Yeah, Ash is, Ash is on YouTube shouting about lesbians," and <laughs> <laughs> like this as well. I do have some really great friends and my sister and stuff. And the other day I was at my, I've put a video on my channel probably last year that was like showing my two like 
best friends like 25 years straight ones showing them the l word pilot and one of them just had a baby and so now she's on maternity leave she's using the time to watch the l word and when nice. I was when I was leaving, I was like, it was the day before the episode, and I was like, oh yeah, Ben and Tina, like, oh, they're gonna be getting engaged. And she was like, what? Oh, what's happening? How are they not married already? Because she's only on like the end of season one, and I was like, oh my god, oh. just two. And she's like, I'm only at the beginning of the journey, and I was like, what a what a what a journey yeah. it is. Right. <laughs> but they they because they like like my stuff. They were all having this conversation the other day about how all of Twitter now and Instagram is like giving them like lesbian content because they liked my stuff. And they're all like, there's all these like people in in my Twitter timeline that are like shouting about Bet and Tina and this (laughs) and that. It's like all my followers, like they're like one of them's like on their business account. And it's like, Bet and Tina, I want to like, you know, oh that's amazing jennifer beal (laughs) wait are these these friends are they straight or yes okay yeah (laughs) like very straight (laughs) yeah sometimes people find out i'm a i do youtube videos and they're like oh i'd love to see your content and after a family friend uh like unsolicitedly come up to me and was like i subscribe to your show you curse too much it's not for me i was like i'm always like now like leery of like ah maybe don't just just maybe don't subscribe to my channel oh yeah and I always get like sometimes because some of my really good clients will be like yeah Ash has like you know YouTube channel and then these like male surgeons are like oh I'm gonna check it out what's the name and I'm like no 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 Uh, I also loved when Alice was using all of uh, Piddles Jr.'s names uh, yeah. like she was like little PJ, and then she was like little PP. <laughs> she called it PP. I know, so cute. I loved little PJ. It's such a cute name. Uh, I know they were like totally pandering. I mean, they're literally calling it like after Dana's cat name. Yeah, but I don't care. Like, work. It works. <laughs> I'm here yeah. for it. <laughs> Ash and I both uh, famously cat owners and lovers. <laughs> a unique it's unique for a couple of lesbians to uh, <laughs> be into their cats um okay uh we already talked about shane and tess but i do want to say um was tess trying to murder shane when she throws the bottle exactly <laughs> yeah it was real close real close to shane's head she really does not want that salon like she really wants that bar like that's yeah, it's just so. I would understand if they didn't have another bar like five feet away. <laughs> it's her dream, Ash. She needs two bars right next to each other. That is her dream. Okay. Very specific dream. <laughs> I think at the end, maybe Shane does realize Tess has been drinking. There's like a tiny look at the end when mm. right after she throws the wine bottle. Where oh, she's okay. like, did, did Tess just try to murder me? That's weird. I would feel a little certain something, something if if my yeah. part partner, if a bottle was like, whoosh, maybe maybe you're not. Maybe sober. something's up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's time to talk about Bet and Tina's engagement. Yay! Yay! Um, now, this is one thing I know we're going to have differing opinions on. So, listeners, people watching. 
get ready for the fists. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. <laughs> uh, because I, I agree with you. Spoiler alert, Ash, I know that you li- liked this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was such a tepid, yeah. I agree. I like that it, I do think it was realistic. I do think when you've broken up, gotten back together several times, um, you know, and you're the age that they're age, I don't, Although maybe this is ageist of me, but I, you know, I don't necessarily see her, you know, hiring a parade marching band to come in front and a bunch of dancers do like a number and then like some ice sculptures come out and then like, it's it's like, will you marry me on the ice? Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that that would have been realistic, but you know, um, sometimes realistic can be boring and I just feel like I want both. I want realism and excitement. You know, we haven't seen them for six episodes. Yeah, I I think the the unrealistic thing for me was that Ed Porter would be ordering a double decker <laughs> burger. That that's the issue I had. Um, <sighs> but I did like the simplicity of it because I think that it's just proving what they've all gone through on this long journey that we've talked about because they are sitting there in probably like 10 grand suits each and (laughs) they have like the fancy houses they're super rich successful they've both got amazing jobs top of their career they have a kid the cars vacations everything but it's like look at that when we see her in the beginning of gen q like she's running for mayor everyone you know loves her She's got even still like her great friends. She's rich, probably all problem solved, right? But she's miserable. In the end of the season one finale, when she's like on the couch, real that and like down and stuff before her and Angie go like screaming on the thing. And then all the other points we see her in season one, she's saying like, oh, I, I used to feel alive when I was in love with Tina. Like that love made me feel alive. And all the other points that we just like see her be incomplete without Tina, because we see a lot of it from Beth's point of view. Like Tina says at the beginning of season three, like I've always been in love with you, but we've, we've, it's always Tina. We've had the question about like, she's been with Carrie and it was always bet like pining for her that's apart from, I mean like yeah she did cheat on her in the original in a and I'm not making an excuse for her but there was you know yeah, they both circumstances cheated. so it's that's always been there waiting for her to come back so I do think it was important that like Tina did ask the question and then I also think it was important that when bet's like oh the ring and have it like you know that implies that I had the idea first and she says no she's she's gonna like stand down about that so I think those were all important points but altogether it had to be that simple with them like sitting there and just even at the end when when like the camera is like panning and they don't even say anything at the very end they're just sitting there because it's like none of that other stuff matters if they're not together because the only thing that really matters at the core of all of it is if they are together because every like all that other stuff is meaningless it's just like not even really 
they just don't feel complete or don't feel alive without the other one. So now that they're but like what you just said, that was like that captivated me. I thought like maybe we would get a little and I know we did episode two, like and I'm a hypocrite because I in episode <laughs> two, I was like, this is rushed. Why am I not as excited about Bet running through traffic? Because this is rushed. And now I'm saying yeah. now they did the simple non-rushed thing and I'm complaining too. So I'm just a complainer. <laughs> Uh, you can't make me happy. I'm like typical fan. Um, but, but also, um, what you, like I, I'm saying what you just said, I, I do think it could have been, a, for me, I would have liked what you just said. Like you really just described their whole relationship in a beautiful way. Um, you mentioned in one of your videos, they could have, you know, I think you were talking about the next episode, the trailer for the next episode, but they could have given us some flashback footage in the engagement scene, or I don't know. I See, think if I, it was, if it was up to me, I, and, and what I just said and the flat and all that stuff, I, if, if I was in charge of this show, I would have written them to say basically what I just said, because I can say all that because I'm absolutely obsessed with this show and I talk about it like 19 hours a day, seven days a week. And I have been thinking about that and, you know, I'm spending time like sitting there thinking what are the right words to put this into whatever. But the average viewer is just being like, oh, okay, I guess they're engaged. They're not sitting there making a YouTube video where they're <laughs> going to be going. And also I've taught, you know, I've done my videos. I'm talking about it here. I talk about drinks and donuts. So I am like really, really going over it in a lot of detail. I've watched it so many times and I do think like a little speech or something it doesn't have to be some grand massive you know like you said dancing in the street with ice sculptures <laughs> but putting it into context because as well they I think that people really neglect that there are a lot of people that did not watch the original and have no intention of watching the original and it's so hard for those people to be attached to Bettina because they just like especially this season literally they're in the first two episodes they're supposed to have this and from a gen q context they've just had this rushed oh they they were on the doorstep and then now they're together with this big gesture then they disappear and then i'm supposed to care that they're engaged outside like a burger place like it, so yeah i think it would have helped a lot yeah i think maybe instead of that you know do you miss LA? Eh, eh, I don't miss it. Maybe we could get, we could have got your line about like, you know, through after everything we've been through, I'm not, you know, I just know I'm not happy when I'm not with you. And then something from Tina, like you said, to give us her. I honest, I cannot imagine if you didn't watch the original show, how you're taking in this engagement. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> you, I would be like, what the, what? I don't, what? <laughs> I would I love sorry. to talk to someone who only has watched Gen Q. I know Alex hasn't, she's watched like a few of the original. And I know like she is not connected to, to Bet and Tina like at all. So I would love, because there, there are people, there are so many people that aren't even aware because I, I've had people come in my comment section and been like, did you know there's this whole other show called <laughs> The L Word? 
they don't know it's a reboot, huh? No. Wow. Like, they, they, one of them was saying in, I think it was on Reddit, someone was like, it was ages and ages ago that they, I think it was maybe after season two, or in the middle of season two, and they were like, oh, they kept talking about these things that hadn't happened on the show, and I thought I'd missed an episode, and then I discovered this whole other show. <laughs> Jesus People Christ. are so confused. They're like, Kit? Who's Kit? Who? What? Dana? Who's this Dana? Why am I supposed to care about the return of Dana? <laughs> Who are these people? Um, well, we we come out of the beautiful uh, engagement. It was very beautiful. They do still, of course, still have chemistry. Uh, happy to see it. Love to see it. Uh, we come out of that and we cut to... And I don't know if you're going to disagree with this, Ash. For me, by far, hands down, no questions asked, the best part of the episode for me, the return of Tasha! Yes, it was really good. I was really, really happy when I heard Tasha was coming back. I fucking loved everything about this. I have been hyping this possibility up all season. And I was right! I was right. I, well, I, it wasn't just me. Everybody hyped this up. A lot of people did. Um, this was, to me, this scene just made the episode, and and that's crazy to say in an episode where Bet and Tina got engaged, but I just loved, I don't know if it was Kate Minnig behind the camera directing. I don't know what it was. I mean, a lot of it is just Tasha coming back, but the the way, she's a, fu- she's a hot fire lady now? Okay, okay. I really like the light, like the reveal for her, too. Like, even though I knew it was coming, like, I loved the way they did that, like, the bright light, and then it, like, mm-hmm. uh, like illuminated the side of her face. It was really good. Really yeah, good. and then she's like, hi, Alice. Oh! <laughs> and then Alice, I loved Alice's reaction. It was such a surprise. You think, oh, this is the L word Gen Q. They're immediately going to start banging in the street in front of all the firemen. That's how they do couples on this <laughs> show. They just, no time at all. Just, oh, we're back together. But no, Alice is. Alice was like, "Oh my god, that is so annoying." I just oh. <laughs> there was just sparks flying everywhere. Yeah, I, I, well, I don't think that's the last we've seen. <laughs> I mean, t- okay, tell me this wasn't the greatest thing that's happened all season. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I tell think- my grandchildren about this. <laughs> Valentina stuff will always be number one for me, but I, <laughs> I did love, did love Sasha coming back. I, I just think they have so much chemistry. Yeah, I love Rose Rollins too. I think she's really great. Good. The only thing is, how are they going to fit more? T- you're, you're kind of giving us some, some cookie crumbs here. How are they going to fit more Tasha Ellis stuff in with a Bet and Tina, all the Bet and Tina stuff for the finale? I, I am. Um cautiously optimistic about because obviously like what I'm told a lot of the time too is I I'm told what people have read from the script or from what people have literally shot when they're working on the show I don't see the edit and I don't know what's taken out so a lot of the time there's things that I'm like well where the hell did that scene go and or like where did this line go or something and I am (laughs) worried that the synopsis for the final episode of the season Bettina's and you know we don't know whether we're getting the show back 
it doesn't have Fantina in the synopsis. But why? <laughs> That's crazy. They're insane because they're insane. Oh wow. That's so wow. What I'm what I mean, this obviously this won't happen, but <laughs> if I mean I've I know what they've a lot of what they've shot, but the insanity would be if they lock Bettina in the freezer and then just like half the rest of the episode happen when they're like locked in the freezer and then at the end they're like oh they're in the freezer <laughs> any other show I'd be like that's crazy like they spent so much money and time and blah and like Jennifer Beals executive producer but honestly the only thing after three years of doing this anything is possible on this bloody show Wow. Yeah, the fridge. You've been telling us about the fridge for several weeks now. Um, and of course, now we know, yeah, they're lo- they're locked into a fridge. This better be a damn good fridge scene because <laughs> it's I'm I, I'm getting hyped on this fridge scene. Well, yeah, I hope they uh don't cut cut too much out of this episode. <laughs> oh god. But you know, yeah, I, I am a little not to be too nitpicky on the details, but I worked in several restaurants. Like all the restaurants I worked in, you could not get locked in a freezer because yeah. you would like freeze freeze to death. Yeah. And I worked in a lot of restaurants too. And that just So are we we're just suspending disbelief for this locked in the freezer plot line? Oh, disband <laughs> what I should have done when I started watching the show. <laughs> um i mean since we're talking about who is mayor time getting cut who may or may not be in the episode what are your thoughts on the show within the show and then also in their you know media outside of the show just no comment on Gigi being gone and sepita leaving just mums the word what what do you think they're the why did they make that choice not to talk about it absolute insanity absolute insanity and i know that they're they are going to use this this line of basically people are getting other work and uh, but it's it's not that like they're and, and obviously people are under contract so they can't say anything unless the network gives the okay and things I would be so angry if if that happened to me. But you know, like there's there's nothing really that you can do when you when you sign these contracts. But I think now because it's to the end of the season, like they can't avoid it anymore. They're going to start doing interviews and things. And I think you will see them say, "Okay, like you know, she got other work or she's going on another show," and probably down this angle of. Oh, it was it was harder for people on the original show to to get work whenever they finished, you know, uh, working on on the L word. Which I don't know. It's it, but they're they're also not going to ad- address it directly. I I know what they're gonna do. They're just gonna like skirt around the issue, and just that's... like my family just sweeping it under the rug anytime <laughs> anything controversial happens yeah yeah that is the wasp way okay well <laughs> listeners you heard it here uh just know that it's all bullshit when you <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> um so i know that the latest word on the streets is we're actually probably maybe not going to get a fourth season after all if that's the case 
Um, how do you feel about this next episode potentially being the last time you'll ever watch a fresh L word Gen Q episode or just L word? I know. I mean, ultimately, I did in the beginning, like I was told they were thinking, yeah, we'll probably get another season because they went kind of back and forth. Like when at the before the show came back in September, when I I was mostly aware of what was going to happen this season and the whole thing that Jennifer Beals wasn't going to be in as many episodes and everything like that. When I was told about that, they basically said, ooh, they're not, they don't think that they're going to get another season because of blah, 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 these decisions. And the show's so expensive to make. They wanted it to go to Vancouver, blah, blah, blah. But then around episode two, three, they were like, oh, you know, the ratings are good, da, 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 da. But now uh, the recent thing that I've heard is that they're just everything has been way, way down rating wise. I mean, Showtime only cares about signups, but still, like it, apparently it is like significant. So that means that those people probably won't, you know, they might not continue their, their Showtime subscription. But for all I say and, you know, even if there was a fourth season, I wouldn't cover it in the same way that I do now. I'd still do reviews and I'd still, all that stuff, but I wouldn't to the extent that I do. And the one thing that I have never said is that I want the show to, to be canceled or I want the show to, to not work. Like, even if I'm not covering it in such in depth, then I still want to watch the show. I still want them to to keep making it because it's our show. It's our voice. And we really don't have a lot of other things. And if you know, Kate and Leisha are still on it, I still absolutely adore Alice and Shane. I would have loved if, if Gigi was still on it and Danny and Gigi. And I think that's where they really dropped the ball because, yeah, even if Jennifer Beals and Laura Holloman left, if they still had Danny and Gigi, they would they'd probably be pretty good. And honestly, I'd be really upset when the show, when the show goes, it will still like obviously be able to rewatch and talk about it and everything, but it's not going to be the same because even though there's still that core group of people that even a month after the show's ended in between seasons, when it's the, you know, the least amount of people are following and stuff. There's a lot of people that come and interact and want to talk about the show and rewatch and what's coming up, but you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be the same. And that's, that's sad because that's less LGBTQ people coming together, having a voice, going to those watch parties, going and, talking to people on YouTube, Discord, whatever it is, because there's so many people who I know on my channel, commenters, who now they have like friendships with other people and they, they're even like meeting to watch episodes together. And that's so nice. And that kind of transcends the show. And if it really, really does have to end, that's why I'm I'm so excited to go to LA and like watch the last episode like in a room with all other people who love the show so it's gonna gonna be a sad day it's gonna be a sad day when sad but epic yeah (laughs) but I think you're you it's kind of telling when you say oh I'm not gonna cover the show the same way if it comes back I think that's like oh that's a little you know if even we as commentators 
if we're already anticipating if they come back, we're not like, that's, that's probably something that's going through their head, like, and also going through the fans heads. But you did mention the subscription thing. That's something I learned from you that like really enlightened me. I've never thought about how, well, you know, the streaming game isn't the same as cable because all they care about is subscriptions. And when I think about yeah. all these women loving women shows that are getting canceled, or even, you know, we still haven't heard about League of Their Own getting renewed. When I think about it, I think like, no, I didn't sign up to Amazon for League of Their Own. And I probably won't cancel it if they don't renew League of Their Own. Um, with Showtime, I have no other reason to be subscribed to Showtime. Like once they cancel L Word, I'm gone. I've never watched a single other thing on Showtime except for L Word. Although, which is work in progress on Showtime. I did watch work in progress. Yeah. yeah. I, I watched I watched Dexter on there, but that that's the that's the thing that like a lot of people don't understand too is is the fact that because this the people who watch this show shows on Showtime are like Dexter and Billions and it's such a different group of people that watch those shows. Yes, of course there are some crossover, but they have such an influx of people for the L word. So that's how that show is allowed to be made. Like if the L word was some lesbian show about politics or about, I don't know, like a serial killer or something, it might not have the same reach, but because it's such a diverse, different group for the audience, it is boosting those, those Showtime subscriptions. And because this is what Showtime has said, like people who work at Showtime have said to me anyway, is that the show is extremely, extremely expensive to make because they shoot in LA, but also it's a big cast. They have all these sets, etc. But it is one of the shows, actually probably the show, number one show for them via social media and like social media interaction. Because if you even look, like go to any of the actual Showtime, not Showtime, the L word, that out whenever they put up like questions or like would you rather and they'll put like four of their shows if you go to the comments it's all l word people like mostly saying bentina but it's announced are you saying the people obsessed with dexter aren't on twitter tweeting constantly <laughs> about their obsession with dexter the way the l word fans are <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what well, is he not a, a hot heartthrob for the dexter audience and they're not constantly pick look at how hot dexter is murdering this person <laughs> um well ash i'm excited to have you over here in the states i i wish i could join you in la but yeah. i will be with you in spirit Woo. um so that's gonna be exciting though uh i'll be i'll be like just obsessively uh, <laughs> on your social media living through you vicariously uh, but lis listeners make sure you're subscribed to ash's channel which is in the description drinks with dana uh or drinks at dana's sorry which is in the subscription um i'm, I'm also gonna leak ash's merch she's got new l word merch that's really cool yeah check <laughs> it out i really like that shirt um i like the like style yeah, uh, so yeah, make sure you uh, are hitting the description and you, uh, if you're listening to this, there's like a chance you probably already 
uh, are subscribed to Ash, but just in case, a lot of times I listen to people and I didn't even notice that I wasn't subscribed. Just in case, make sure you subscribe to Ash Silver. Uh, also, if you're watching LesCast on YouTube, subscribe to LesCast. I'm still trying to hit that 1,000 subscribers. So uh, hit the subscribe button. And I will see you back here for the LesCast finale recap. That is sure to be explosive uh, or yeah. cold. Uh, that was a refrigeration <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, Ash, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Bye, guys. Bye.